0: This is The PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche with your host, Brooke Burns. I'm joined by Tess Hodgson from the Style Maison and we're going to talk about event invitations today. So we'll cover the different types of event invites you could use, the things you should always include on an invite, as well as some tips on how to create some great looking invites on a budget. I'm not going to lie. Event invitations are one of my favourite things for an event. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Ah. Hands down, <laughs> love them. Yeah, I think for me, they go so far in setting the tone for what you can expect. Oh, they're from so the event. important. Yeah, important
1: in that sense. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, whether how they look, whether they look casual, whether they look expensive how they're delivered mm. um, I'm a nerd when it comes to writing so <laughs> I always write on my events and I'm learning calligraphy at the moment so I do that as well but how do I write am yep. I writing in a way that's casual or is it writing in a writing way that's formal so all that kind of nerdy stuff I really like what color envelopes I'm going to use What yes. kind of stock am I going to use the envelope so for me Invitations are, are very important.
1: They are very important. As you said, they set the tone for the event. And media, if they're the guests you're inviting, they get so many invitations yeah. probably a day. So you really need
0: to come up with something that gets them excited and it's like, oh, I want to go to that. What are some of the best invites you've seen, whether it's in your PR days prior to doing event styling or what um, you've created? I think... Nowadays, a lot of people do
1: e-invites, but thinking traditional stock invites, we've done some that have been kind of those folded ones so that people open it up and it kind of creates this beautiful mm. we had illustration on it yep. it was quite colorful um, the stock we used was really gorgeous we partnered with a beautiful uh, illustrator who designed all the little saying champagne time and had a little champagne flute and followed by sit down pasta and Cute. it had a little pasta plate and and then a dessert bar afterwards so it was like those little graphics all done with watercolors that was one of my favorite invites I think another one which was a personal favorite which was actually my wedding invite (laughs) Um, (laughs) so everything could be right with it oh yes Um, we printed on recycled paper Mm -hmm. and then we tied it with this beautiful plant dyed ribbon Which I loved. And another one, which was really fantastic, it was for a sustainable event and we printed on plantable paper. Hmm. So guests could actually, after the event finished, plant that paper in their garden and it was either parsley or coriander and things like that. So, but we carried that through the whole event. So we had place cards that were plantable paper, the menus were plantable paper. So everything was sustainable. So that was a great way for guests to see and have a little sneak peek
0: at what mm. the event was about. And this is why she's an event stylist, yeah. <laughs> They can come up with these incredibly creative ideas. So, how do you work out what is the right type of invitation for an event? And I'm going to make a generalization that there's kind of three types. Feel free to correct me here. One is the e-invite, yes, which essentially is a artwork, usually a jpeg artwork, a jpeg artwork that gets inserted into the body of email and you can send it out that way. Uh, Two, a printed invitation, Mm -hmm. so something hard that arrives in the mail that comes in an envelope. Or three, something that's a bit more bespoke and doesn't look Uh, or doesn't arrive in kind of a traditional form would you say they're the kind of the three yeah definitely yep and so what type of occasion do you think though each of those three are best suited for
1: i mean your e invite i would probably say if you don't have that much turnaround time from your event so you you need to invite people now think about with If you are doing a formal invitation, the turnaround with the post, it Mm -hmm. might get lost in the mail. If it's getting sent to a media office, sometimes it gets put in someone else's pigeonhole. And this is why I say formal invitations. And when I say formal, the hard copy invitation, it doesn't necessarily have to be for a formal event. I had Sorry to interrupt here,
0: but on that, I had an invite, sorry, an event earlier this year and I sent out the invites four or five weeks in advance. Yeah. And those, and that's Sydney, Sydney yeah. to Sydney, and I live quite close to the CBD. And some people didn't receive the invites for ten days. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. a really long time. It's and luckily, time. I set them out far enough in advance, but. These things happen. And this was pre-COVID, so we're not talking about Australia <laughs> Post having delays because they don't have as many staff working. And there was no reason. There was no excuse. You no. can't do anything about it. So no, think you've about got
1: that. to have lead time if you're sending out hard copy invitations. Mm-hmm. But what I would usually suggest is if you are going to do it, put them in a coloured envelope, mm-hmm. something that pops, something that, you know, usually when people, I mean, think about you going to your letterbox. If you saw... Yes piles of mail and this coloured thing poking out, you'd open that first. Mm. So you want people to kind of see it and poking out and say, yes, I want to open this or what's it to get excited before they even know what it is.
0: And I think the other thing with the e-invite versus those printed invites is the e-invite I tend to use for more casual events. Yes. So if I have, and again, my clients are restaurants and bars and um, cafes and pubs and those kind of things, I wouldn't send an e-invite out for the launch of a very high-end restaurant no. because it doesn't set the right tone it doesn't feel premium yeah it feels quite casual but if i had the launch of a pub yep or a casual cafe or something like that then an invite is perfectly fine it, it ties in with the tone of what that venue is trying to do so yeah have exactly a think about that.
1: and then if you are doing an e invite think about who you're sending it to they're probably getting a lot of mail so what i like to do is either put the invitation in capitals mm-hmm. or actually put invitation and then say what it's to I do exactly the same
0: thing. Yeah,
1: subject yep. heading, really think mm-hmm. about what it says because you want everyone to open it and to do that you need it to pop in the in the subject line.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And then when it comes to the more bespoke creative concepts yep. when's the kind of rule of thumb of when you would look at using those
1: it really I guess if you can be as creative as you can and it's mm. a fun type of event I've done one before where it the invitation was on a balloon and um, we attached the balloon to a piece of card and everyone <laughs> had to blow up the balloon to see the information on it yeah but if you are going to do that I would definitely I mean even with hard copy invitation or really any invitation follow up people to yes. make sure they've got the um, invitation but those ones usually you'll send via courier the most more bespoke ones Mm -hmm. we've sent out a small posy of flowers before with an invitation which was one of my favorite for a spring wine launch and that gave everyone a little sneak peek into what we were going to offer at the event which was wine tasting and flower arranging and things like Mm, that which was a lot of fun
0: okay so let's talk through those three different categories of invites in a little bit more detail so people have an understanding of what goes into them what things yep. they need to consider about when they are deciding whether that's the invite to go with or if they have decided what you know what elements they need to be executing so when it comes to a premium printed invitation mm-hmm. stock and yes. by stock we mean the the paper or the card is really important yeah what Why do you feel that that makes such an impression? It just shows your guests the quality
1: of event and type of event that they're going to attend. You know, if you have a stock that's really thick and your text on your invitation has gold foiling on it, or, you know, if you do copper foiling these days, you could do really anything. Or if you've got like a translucent paper with welcome or, you know, your your branding logo that then they swing up open mm-hmm. and then you've got the hard copy information behind it. They really get a sense of the type of event they're going to attend I definitely with the luxury events we usually go for the hard formal invitations mm. rather than the e-invite e-invite you can't touch and feel it yes. these hard copy invites you can so you're really giving them a sense of what they're going to experience and
0: they cost money that's the reality of it it they costs do. money to print the thicker yeah the, the stock or the card you use the more expensive it gets yes if you add elements like you said foiling you can get digital foiling which is slightly cheaper yes I think, than the the what's the traditional foiling Where they actually implant the leaf into the paper. So there are ways to kind of cut costs, and I've used digital falling a lot, but that does cost money.
1: It does, and you need lead time as well. If you've got an event coming up in four weeks, and usually printing's five days, and that's – you've got to also think about you need design approval Mm -hmm. and getting all the – text right and making sure all the information's correct and spell checking. And you know, if you do have four weeks to turn something around, you could do maybe a simpler a hard copy invite, but you might not have the foiling or mm-hmm. the imprinting into the stock. You can Absolutely. still do a thick stock, but it might not have that extra oomph to it. Yeah,
0: I agree. Another thing that can really set it apart is having the name of the guest. Yes. Name of the guest or name plus guest, guest depending on how you yep. Uh, written in calligraphy again this takes time you've got to get those invites and potentially the envelopes to the calligrapher yeah they need however long they need to do it and then they need to be able to come back to you so you need to allow look certainly 24 hours in terms of turnaround but that calligrapher needs notices that's coming so i would usually contact them three or four weeks out if possible and say i have this event coming up i have 150 Invites need to be written plus envelopes and they'll be coming to you around Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Then they can set aside time to do that. Absolutely.
1: And with your hard copy invites, put a return to sender on the back as well. So important because I've had events before where... Um, say the person no longer is there for whatever reason mm-hmm. or they had moved and we weren't aware of it at least the invite came back and we knew they hadn't received an it an easy
0: way to do that is to get labels from office works where you yep. get your labels from and you can get those really small ones i can't remember what the the size or the title of those labels are it's like
1: avery brand it is yeah.
0: avery yeah and you can print out so for mine i have savannah pr and then my address on these tiny little labels and i have i don't know five hundred of them sitting in my little event invitation drawer. So whenever I have invites I just stick those labels on the yep. on the back of them and so you've always got them there. Yep. Yeah, that's a great that's a great tip.
1: Another little detail with hard copy invites that I like to do, especially if it's a wine event or a celebratory event, is you can get champagne flute um, stamps. Mm-hmm. So I like to stick that on rather than being, you know, the stock standard stamp that you might get at the post office. If if you get enough, give the post office enough notice, they could usually get that in for you. Right. So um, you
0: literally go in and have a chat to your post office and say, can you can you get these in for me? Yeah. Wow. Like
1: the, I think they still have them. Mm-hmm. I think I used them not that long ago. Now COVID's hit. It feels like <laughs> a while ago that I've had an event. But yeah, you can get little champagne flute. Stamps that mm-hmm. you stick on it or you can, again, to save money, depends on where you work, the the business might have one, is those um, stamps, mm-hmm. the prepaid stamps. Yes. You literally just stamp at the top. But attention to detail with the invite. Don't forget, this is the first point of contact that Mm -hmm. your guests are having for your event so have the sticker on straight you got your calligrapher you know they're going to do a beautiful job but if you have to stick stickers on make sure they're straight and neat and tidy before you send anything off
0: one thing you should also look for in your office or your agency is if you guys have a collection of gsm Samples. Yes. So you know what the difference is when a printer's saying to you, "Do you want 300 GSM? Do you want 100? Do you want 450?" Mm. Uh, That doesn't really mean a lot to many people. And I, to be honest, I quite often forget because I may not do a print invite for eight months, and I can't quite remember the difference between certain stock weights. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if you don't have any examples floating around, then you should be able to get a sample bundle from the printer that you use, or when you have leftover invites from previous events that you've done uh just scribble on the back of them 300 gsm or 200 or whatever yeah. it may be so when you've got a, a point of reference there so you know what you're looking at another thing to think about with premium invites is use a good graphic designer yes it's no good spending all this money on a beautiful card and some lovely calligraphy mm. and foiling and your design looks like i could have done it in yep. word you know <laughs> it's really really important it doesn't mean it has to be fancy it yep. just has to be appropriate for your event agreed one thing to think about is the printer that you use. So, I mm. always use the same printer uh, I have done for seven years or so. I don't use him a lot, I maybe only use him three or four times a year. But because I have that uh, long term relationship with him, if I do call him with an emergency or a client needs me to turn around an event very quickly, I know that he will do whatever he can to yeah. work with me. So, if you chop and change between printers, And you do that because you haven't had a good experience. That's fair enough. But if you can try and build up a relationship or your agency can or your company can, then you're likely to get them doing little tips and favours for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've used the same printer for years now and i always
1: like, oh, can I have this tomorrow? (laughs) I I think something's like, yes, Tess, what do you want? (laughs) But, yeah, no, having that relationship with them, if you are going to be printing the invite, think about what else they can help with. Is it the menus? If you're doing sit down, is it, you know, bar signage? What else can they help print for you Mm. as well and and see how they can package that up and whether you use the same stock or similar design and stock to your invites
0: throughout the whole event? Um, And I guess that's another thing to think about with your envelopes as well. You've mentioned having different colors, so it makes a point of difference. But again, you can get different types and different quality of envelopes. The company that I use, they have sent me samples before. So I just have it stuck in a drawer so I know what, you know, a, a particular range of envelopes look like. So it makes it a lot easier and quicker when I do want to go and order something for an event. Okay, so let's move on to a casual event so we've talked about how we can it saves time by yep. using a, a casual a, sorry an e-invite for a casual event because you can obviously get the artwork done and sent out but it comes back to having good graphic design doesn't yes. it you don't want it to look like it's done in word if it's arriving in someone's email inbox
1: no and make sure if you're attaching the jpeg have it in the body of the email but also attached to the email to make sure that for whatever reason everyone has different phones these days and different systems yes. set up on their computers Some file for you might not work for them. So having two options for them to open is always a recommendation Mm. that I always remember doing. And making sure it's not a big file, like one to two meg Yeah, absolutely.
0: You don't want it bouncing back. No. No. Another thing to think about is what color background that artwork has. Yes. So if it's done on white, if you think about white sitting inside an email body, but it's also white. So it doesn't look like it's got a frame on it. It kind of sink around into it. So have a think about that. If you do need it to have a white background for whatever reason, because it works with your aesthetics, think about how you can get your graphic designer create a frame around that piece of artwork so it makes it stand out from the rest of the email.
1: Definitely. With e-invites, my biggest tip is sending it to people Mm. and you don't want everyone to know who's invited and have their personal information. So, that's really important. Whether you sit there and send it individually, Mm -hmm. you can do that. But another quick way is BCCing. Everybody, but making sure everyone's BCC'd, not CC'd, (laughs) Um, having you as the person getting it sent to, but then having everyone on the BCC because, yes, you don't want people's personal emails getting sent out. You don't want other media to know, you know, this detail, that detail. So that's one huge watch out when sending an e invite. I also would send yourself the e invite yeah. when to even to a colleague to check it mm-hmm. before you send it out to the you know world because yes. they might pick up on something or the image might be pixelated or something might have happened during you pressing send. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I triple check it just to make sure before it gets sent out. But yeah, just really take your time, sit there, look at it because once you click send on that email,
0: it's gone. And another thing to consider is you may have the RSVP details within the artwork of that e invite. Yeah. But I also put a hyperlink onto the actual image itself. So if the person is hovering over it, they can just click on that image and it also and it hyperlinks a reply to yeah, that's yourself. A great, so you great can set one. that one yeah. up and it saves time. They don't have to then type your email address in. So that's really easy to set up and if you've never done that before, um, I'm sure there's numerous tutorials on Google or someone in your office can can help you out with that. Yep. Uh, what else do we need to think about? We've talked about invitation and actually having that as letters in the subject headline which is really important center the artwork yes don't have it sitting to the left have it sitting in the middle (laughs) yes again it's just aesthetics you know you need this to look as professional as it should be it might be a casual invitation but it still makes an impression you mentioned this before i tend to send e-invites out individually if it is an event for less than 50 people yes if it's more than 50 people, I'd see, see, in. Mm-hmm. If it's less than 50 people, I tend to tailor each email and say, Hi, Tess, really looking forward to seeing you at this event. I hope you can make it. Or we're thrilled to be launching yep. this new blah, 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 blah. Invitation below, hope to see you there. It just makes it feel a little bit more personal, personal yeah. than... Um, than just getting it BCC. So.
1: I agree with that. If you are going to do that and you're pretty much using the exact same invite copy at the top, like a, hi, Brooke, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you check that the font and the colour is all the same because some I've when I was yes. very green outside of uni at my first PR job, I think I sent my first invite and I didn't realise that automatically my email would colour would be blue but the text below was black Mm. so the person could see that anytime I changed their name their name was in blue (laughs) (laughs) and everything was in black so they could see I was just literally copying and chasing and it wasn't
0: really that personal so yeah Triple check those details exactly. And if you are copy and pasting, just just check you've updated the name. Oh yes, you know you're sending it to the right person. The right person, absolutely. Okay, so I think they're probably the main things to consider when it comes to an e invite. Yes, when it comes to the statement concept, invitations budget obviously is a big one. You touched on this before. Yeah, you're going to have to courier them if you're not driving around getting them dropped off yourself which is incredibly time consuming you've got a courier and that courier could be going to however different many places and that's really expensive let alone actually coming up with a bespoke design and idea and getting that printed or created
1: I usually, I think I've done it about two or three times and a lot of them were for media for meals where we were only inviting five to 10 people. So for them, it was definitely worthwhile because I think one of them was for a hotel launch and the invite was in the shape of, you know, those things you hook on the front of the door Mm -hmm. to say, do not disturb. So it was something fun like that. The other one that I, I haven't actually done this, but I would love to do it is a, for a tea event, is a tea bag, mm-hmm. and the event invitation is printed on the actual big tea bag but then people cut the corners off and they can have the loose leaf tea to make a tea Um, and it gives them a little you know sneak peek as well as what they're going to taste at the Mm -hmm. event like I would love to do that I know a couple of people in the industry have done that before and it's been a great hit.
0: Mm, I've done one where I've had the invitation printed on a wine bottle oh yes so it was for the launch of a French restaurant so it was a a bottle of red wine Um, I think they they were getting some wine created for them by a Supply in Victoria or something like that. Yeah. So it was fine to take off the label. And that's a cute little way I of love having all the do. details. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to have a think about what's appropriate to your brand. Yeah. Um, you know, sunscreen, perhaps you can print on that. Like you said, the balloon one that's yep. been done before, that's quite cute. So have a think about textures. Yes. What you can print on. Wood.
1: Yep. Wood, definitely. Yeah, Perspex is a big one that Mm -hmm. people have been printing on. Even that sheer paper you can print on. Fabric, you Mm. can print on nowadays as well, which I love. And the other one that we were talking about, which... I don't really love and I think you know a lot of adults wouldn't like it but I've done kids events with confetti Mm -hmm. which they loved um which was a big hit and even confetti and balloons are a big hit as well so yeah think about your audience Mm -hmm. and and again remember that this is the first point of contact for your event so give them a little sneak peek at what they're going to enjoy
0: I know for a beer client, I got little mini eskies, like a little, uh, like a a six can kind of miniature esky. I don't know whether it was from Kmart or for an online supplier and sent out the invitation in that. It it was a printed invitation, but it just sat within the esky, which obviously was appropriate to the beer. So sometimes you can still keep with a quite a traditional invitation itself and just make the the delivery concept unique.
1: Well, that's like the little um, posy bouquets we did. We had a hard stock invite, Mm -hmm. standard stock invite, but we just wrapped it with a little posy bouquet and and sent
0: that out. And, you know, we've talked about this before and it does come down to money. Yes. Oh, yes. You might be spending a dollar on an envelope per invitation and that esky might cost you $8 or $15. So if you're sending that out to 50 people, that is a lot of money. So what budget have you got for the whole event? Excuse me. What can you set uh, set aside for invitations Yeah. and then work within that? Okay. So let's talk about the information you need to include on your invitation. doesn't matter what kind of execution it is. What are the basics that you have to have on there?
1: What is the event? What are people being invited to? Mm -hmm. Like let them read, okay, What is this?
0: When is it? When you say what is it, so breaking it down to you're invited to a media dinner to celebrate the launch of our new spring menu. Yes. Or, for
1: example, if a famous chef's involved, you could say something, say it's Matt Moran. Matt Moran invites you to is an exclusive, exclusive sit-down dinner to Mm -hmm. taste his new winter menu. Mm -hmm. Try and give them in a very – one to two sentences max, Yes, as much detail as possible, that will entice them to come. Celebrate the launch of blah, 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 blah. Yep. Mm. When is it? Date. Mm -hmm. Where is it? With the where is it, have as much information in terms of the address, if it's hard to find, corner of blah Mm -hmm. and blah. Enter off. Yep, blah and blah, or even in brackets next to this, Mm -hmm. if it is a tricky one. What time does it start? Yes. And instead of doing 24-hour time, just do 6.30 p.m. a.m. Everyone, most people know 24-hour time, but it doesn't have to be that formal.
0: And if you're doing a seated media dinner where you need people all to be seated down for the first course together... I would say something like six PM for a six thirty PM seating. seating. So people yeah. know that they've got that half an hour to kind of play with. Yes,
1: exactly. Sometimes I put end time if I need people out by a certain time. I agree. Time.
0: Yeah. If especially if a client has got a very strict budget and yes. they can't afford just to pay for alcohol and food all night long. Oh, yeah. I agree. I would say six to nine o'clock. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. But if it is more of a say corporate celebration, I don't necessarily put on an end time. And then most important is RSVP and to who. Yes, And having the email but also a phone number because mm-hmm. sometimes if people can't find where they're going or are a little lost or last minute something's come up mm-hmm. and they can't attend, they might just call you and let you know. So have both options.
0: I don't usually have... Dress code on my invitations. But no, that, that also could be because most of my clients are restaurants and bars, yep. and I, and I don't need them. However, if you are hosting or, or organising a big event for say a gala dinner, or something, a gala yeah. dinner or something, and it's quite fancy, you might want it to say black tie, yeah, or formal or smart casual. So have a think about. It. Or if it's something fun, you know, yep. it, you know, come with a pop of pink. So it's not necessary if it really will make no difference to the event. But if you think it might confuse people or they might be embarrassed, they turn up and they're not dressed appropriately. Yeah, sure. You should definitely have a think about that. Also have a think about leaving space at the top of the invitation yes. for a long enough line. Yes. I know I certainly in my early days specified there had to be a line and I previewed the artwork and it was all fine but I didn't have experience in knowing that I had to write something like um serendipity plus guest yeah you know that's a really long name and, and I'm writing plus guest on there so I needed to take up at least two-thirds yep. of the invitation so have a think about that don't have a short little stumpy line there make sure that that it's line big enough kind of, yeah goes goes enough I think that's kind of the main things when it comes to the information that you need to include on there. We'll be talking about uh, in a separate episode about guest lists and RSVPs yep. and that kind of thing. But how far in advance should you be sending an invitation out? We've kind of spoken about that with print. So yeah. I'm going to say at least four weeks out at least a printed invitation. Yeah. Um, Just also think
1: about like your social calendar. You usually know what you're doing a month in advance and things like that. So think about people's busy calendars you know Mm -hmm. a lot of them have families and kids and things like that other events yeah so you need to let them know far in advance and and also do your research see I know on social diary always have their calendars Mm -hmm. what other events are on are you clashing with a big event are they going to be inviting the same people that you're inviting talk internally in in your agency or business, there are no other events within your your business that might clash yes. to make sure that you give yourself the, the greatest chance to get the people Absolutely. you want to your event.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the very least I would send an invitation out, let's say uh, e invite out three weeks out. Yeah. If I have to send it out two weeks out and that's, not because of my choice, but because I've got to organise an event at the last minute or there have been certain details that I haven't been able to look in, then I will make it very clear to my client or you should make clear to your manager or your client that you would expect the invitation acceptance rate to be affected by that two-week turnaround. That's really important. And, again, we'll, we'll discuss this in more detail in another episode, but just keep that in mind when it comes to timeframes. So, the last thing I wanted to cover was some tips for saving money on invitations because, as we've talked about, print invitations I think are the, are the best thing to go for when yep. you're trying to make a certain impression, but they can be quite expensive. So, whether you're doing printed or an e invitation, what are some of your tips on, on cutting costs?
1: If you have an internal designer or someone in within the business who knows how to use Photoshop and is really great at it, use them. Mm. If it is a simple design that you're after, that's something that you can do usually internally.
0: And you can Google and give them some direction, find some oh, invitations yeah. on Google Images of inv- invites and say, I'd love it to look something like this so they've got some guidance. I think even if you are briefing
1: a designer, always send them examples of what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually they I'll send you a brief template to fill out I would hope mm-hmm. but if not give them like you would briefing an event stylist brief in a invitation designer the same way with you know what copy you want it to, to have what colors you
0: need logos that need to be attached all that sort of detail sorry also just think about the other side of a printed invitation which oh yeah often we just think about well this one side's got the information but what's on the flip side yeah Just usually it's a simple enough to have the logo of whatever brand that you're, you know, but just think about that because they're going to ask you, what do you want on that flip side? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another way to help save costs is to use someone that has got really lovely handwriting. They might not have to be a calligrapher, but they've just got a beautiful, a beautiful script when they write. So they're a great way of saving costs and using a calligrapher. I mentioned earlier, I really like writing myself so I've done a couple of calligraphy courses because that's something that I want to get better at mm-hmm. and I'd like to be able to do that for myself you may be like that there may be someone else and that you'll find in the office that has also done something similar so that's definitely one thing to think about and those people usually are more than happy to do oh, it yeah it was and, a great, like, yeah, and you know, do it outside great. of office hours you yeah. know like it's they just enjoy doing it You can print in-house as well. Yes. Just think about the stock and you've got to do some test runs as to what your printer can actually handle. If you've got quite a basic printer, it may get jammed if it's starting to use a certain type of paper. With
1: printing in-house, do remember, usually your standard invite size is A5, which is half or even A6, which mm-hmm. is um, A5 is half an A4 and A6 is quarter of an A4 mm-hmm. size. So make sure your printer can print that size. Yes. Otherwise, I know Office Works. if you are doing a simple invite, do print it. You just got to give them at least 24 hours
0: notice. Yep. We've talked about making sure your artwork is great, whether you're on an e yes. invite or a print, invitation. a print invitation. Spend a few extra cents per envelope to make it, mm. you know, get an envelope that's got a nice little sparkle to it yep. or it's got a nice tone. And I think handwritten envelopes. So even if you are not getting a calligrapher on board, just having a, an envelope that arrives with a handwritten name and address so on there—it just makes it feel more personal. Again, yeah. it takes time, but if you've got a person in the office that is happy to do it, they may be fine to do it out of hours for you, but that can make a a really lovely impression.
1: Yeah. And just before you actually put it in the post, I would just double check the spelling of everyone's Mm. name before you send it. Think about from a list that you're giving to someone and they're writing it down, you know, say you've got 40 people and they're at number 38, they're probably quite tired and and writing (laughs) it down. They might miss a letter or two. You don't want to set in the wrong
0: spelling no. of someone's
1: name. So triple check everything before it goes. And
0: count invites. Oh. You've got fifty invites to send out. Yep. You've got thirty eight envelopes there. Something's gone and Perhaps something fell off an email and they didn't get some um some certain names on there. So just double check you've got everything. And and print
1: extra invites too. Like yes. you might have people coming back and saying, Oh, thank you so much, we can't attend and you have a B list mm-hmm. which I'm sure you'll cover up in off in another podcast is having a backup
0: list of people to invite. So Mm -hmm. have backup invites to send. Or you've written in the wrong name. You've sent them to a calligrapher and they've come back and they have misspelled it and you don't have time to send it back. So you've got to handwrite it. So... I would usually have, um, depending on, you know, like if I'm sending out 50 printed invitations, I'd have probably at least five just in case. Or you smudge it. or And if you are writing the invitations yourself, if someone else is is in the office, they need to practice on that particular stock. Stock. Because you could be using a pen that runs. um, I've that before, yeah. That doesn't stick well. You're using a glossy surface on the invitation. So you have to use a particular type of ink for that. So if you're playing around with doing it yourself, just make sure you've got a variety of gold pens and different yep. types of ink to work out what the appropriate thing is to stick to that. Okay, thanks, Tess. Thanks. If anyone uh, would like to have a chat with Tess about an event, head to thestylemaison.com.au and if you've got any questions about this episode, feel free to email me via the website. Thanks for listening to The PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.